I hope by time we're done that we can come together as a body and stand here at the altar and sing that song. Just sing it to the Lord. Oh, how He loves us. I saw this quote and I put it on my status and I can't quite remember how it went. This will be close enough. It says, man doesn't realize how bad he is until he tries to be good by C.S. Lewis. And, and that's kind of where this message is going to go, but you hang in there. I think by the time I get within five minutes of it, you'll be wanting to come and sing the praises and the glory to God. Ed, would you take us before the Lord? So as I was sitting in my office, I thought of this quote, and, and it's kind of how, it's pretty close how it went, and it's true. I mean, it's an absolutely true quote. Man doesn't really realize how um, bad or evil he is until he attempts to do good. And then as you attempt to do good, you just see how almost impossible it is for you to be good and do good. And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking of this message and the idea of this message is, God, God, what what really do you think about me? What's really your thoughts about me? What does God think about me, really? Is the kind of the idea. And so I'm starting to jot this stuff down and, and I, that I'm unfaithful. That a lot of times I'm unthankful. We live in a, a day and age where it talks about at the end times where people will be unthankful. And lots of times we really have no commitment. Our commitment is wishy-washy. And then other times I'm thinking, man, I have no backbone. There are times I know God has called me up to the front to do something and I wimp out in Him for some reason. And so I'm writing down another one that says, man, and then it just makes me think again how I have failed God. And so now I'm writing another one that goes, man, and sometimes that I'm a miserable, whining little baby. I am. I'm writing all these down. And then I thought, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's what I think about me. That's not what God thinks about me. I got these things intermixed. I want to know what Almighty God thinks about me. This is what I think He thinks about me. And I'm, and I would have to believe you're probably in that same boat. I don't know, uh, if, if you're opposite and you really think you're wonderful, then you got a whole nother problem. But I think a lot of us look at ourselves and go, oh man, you are something else. You're really, you're a bum. You're no, the, well, that's what we think about ourselves. And sometimes it overflows and we think that's what our heavenly father thinks about me. And so in order to know what my God thinks about me, let's look at the letter that He wrote us. The Word of God. Let's look into the Word. Romans 5.8. Now listen, we need those Holy Ghost Q-tips. We need God to stick them things deep in our ears and swish them around because even when we hear the Word of God, we don't believe it. Even when we hear what does saith the Lord, and that's what you're looking at on your lap and on your screen, is what God says about you. Okay, simple. Romans 5.8 says this, But God commendeth His love toward us. He commanded His love towards you in that while you were yet sinner, yet a sinner and being a sinner, acting like a sinner, Christ died for you. For you. You sitting out there. That's what God thinks. He thinks, man, I love them so much even though they despise me, don't know me, and hate me, I'm going to die for them. This is what the Word of God says. I think, man, I'm unfaithful, I'm, 
I'm, uh, I'm faithful. I'm miserable. I got no backboner. This is what God thinks. And God said, no, 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 listen to me. I know what you are. And God says, I absolutely love you. I commend this, my love for you. And the definition for that word is he demonstrated his love, demonstrated his love for me, makes evident his love for me. He illustrated his love for me. Not just a wink of the eye and a pat in the back and say, love you, brother, and never think about you, do anything for you. God said, I demonstrated my love for me. Almighty God demonstrated, made evident, an illustration toward me and you. And you can answer, well, well how did he do that? In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's what he thinks about you. He loves you. And I know that we are bombarded with life, with the enemy, with ourselves, with people who gnaw on us and say things, and we wrap our arms around the enemy and agree with him over and over. But this is what God says to you. I love you. While you were yet trash, while you were still no good, while no one loved you, I loved you. That's absolutely amazing. You need to get that in your head somehow. Illustration means God paints a picture. He paints it. And that's what He did. The cross is a painted picture of how much Christ loves us. Explains by example. And He loves us. So when those doubts creep in, you need to throw them out. You need to pull them down because it is exalting itself against the Word of God. That God doesn't love you. Philippians 2.8 tells us, And being found... In fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. For me, God did that for me. When I'm sitting in my office and thinking, man, what does God really think? And my carnal mind took off on what I think about myself. How I feel at times. The cross paints a picture. Explains by example of what God the Father thinks about you and me. I mean, it's it's just overwhelming. God says, I love you so much, I'll die for you. I'll absolutely die for you. John 3.16, that's Scripture. For God so loved the world, absolutely loves the entire world, that He gave His only begotten Son, and whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting We dismiss Scriptures like that because we hear them so often. But do you look at it? God says, I love the world. I gave My Son. You're part of that world. You are. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. An everlasting love. I mean, we need the Spirit of God to move upon us so we can even understand that. We love things just for a short amount of times. So I've come to the conclusion, and I'm not a rocket scientist, that Almighty God loves me. Have you come to that same conclusion tonight? According to the Word of God, according to the letter that He wrote you, Almighty God loves you. Amen. Oh, how you're just singing it. 
Acts 10.34 says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Aren't you glad? Man, aren't you glad about that? That God just doesn't like a certain type? That it's not just the Jew and only the Jew? That He's no respecter of persons? So Almighty God, not only does He love me, He loves you. And if you're like me, you have an easier time believing that God loves someone else rather than yourself. But that doesn't line up with the Word of God because God says I'm no respecter of persons. You feel like He loves me more than you, but that doesn't line up with the Word of God. That's a big gong. Remember the gong show? Bang! That should go off in your head. Deuteronomy 32.10 says, He found him in a desert land and in a waste howling wilderness. And He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of His eye. That's you. That's where He found you. I don't care if you had tons of money in the bank. You were in a wasted desert land in howling wilderness. That's where you are without Christ. And God comes with the Word of God. He, he, he comes and He instructs you and He keeps you as the apple of His eye. And we know that apple of His eye is what? It's the pupil. Everybody's quick to protect their eyes. New American Standard Version, same verse says, He found him or you in a desert land in the howling waste of a wilderness. He encircled him. He cared for him. He guarded him as the pupil of his eye. That's what God does for you. He cares and encircles you, instructs you, takes care of you, guards you. He's got, guards you. God guards his people because he loves you. He loves you. Ruth, you don't like the gun I have in my house. You don't even like me to talk about it, especially from up here. But it's there because I love her. Because <laughs> the older I get, the less ability I have. But I can still grab that because I love her. I want to guard her. That's what God is saying to you and I. This is your God. I don't care what situation you find yourself in. And a lot of times you think God doesn't care, but those are all bogus. Those are lies. Because we're seeing what the Word of God says, what God says to you and I. Isaiah 62, 1 says this, For Zion's sake I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. God says, I'm not going to hold my peace ever until. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness and all kings thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord shall name. God loves us so much He's going to have a new name. I have different names for Ruth. Sweetie. Different things. God says, so do I. God has a new name. And He goes on and says, Thou shalt also be crowned, uh, be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of my God. Listen, thou shalt no more be termed forsaken. Used meat, washed up, no good, never be nothing. God says, thou shalt no more be termed. I'm going to give you a new name. Neither shall thy land any more be termed desolate, but thou shalt be called Hezbollah in the land, and thy land Beulah, for the Lord delighteth in thee. God delights in you. Why is it so hard for us to believe good things? Bad things work quick, usually quick. You're a creep, I know it. 
God loves you. You think? You think He does? You got a cross around your neck. You got a cross over there with blood on it. You got a cross there that lights up. You think He does? This word Hespola, when it says, Thou shalt be called this, it means delight, joy, happiness. Just like you usually coin some type of little name sometimes for your loved one. So does God. This is my happiness. This is my joy. God says, here comes my delight. And we go, he's talking about me. He's talking about me. Doesn't matter how I feel about me. It's not about me. It's him. He calls me his delight. Oh, how I love him. We should sing even harder when we get done. When you start to sing, the enemy just bombards us in our minds and we agree with him how rotten we are. It's not a drudgery for God to deal with you. Oh, it's Lenny again. It's not. It's his delight. God wants to mold and fashion. It's his son. Always that question. Always, always that question. Why didn't God just waste Adam? Why do we go through all these years of sin and people and over and over? Why didn't he just waste Adam? Because if you read it, is it in Matthew where he goes all the way through down and he talks about he loved Adam. That's why. Adam just wasn't a lump of clay. God loved him. I didn't just want to go smash. Now, now we'll try bees. We'll go with Bob. He loved Adam. That's why. He goes to all this work to buy us back through His Son because He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Oh, how He loves me. Me. So it's not a drudgery for God to deal with you. You are His delight, His joy, His happiness. His happiness. It says here also, your name is uh, used to be forsaken. You know, just forgotten. A land of forgetfulness. No good at all. God says, I'll change that name to my delight. I mean, God's in the change of names. Jacob, cheater, liar. All the various things that he was known for. And God changed his name to Israel. Saul changed to Paul. God's into changing names. He loves that. And so he does it for you and I. Changes our name. Malachi 3.17, listen. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember, what we're doing here is discovering through the Word of God, through God's letter written to us, like the diary that God had written to us, what He really thinks about us. Not what you think He thinks about you. Malachi says, And they shall be mine, 3.17, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day that I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son. That God's, you spare your son. You would and do. And God says, so will I. So will I. So here's another conclusion. Come to another conclusion that Almighty God looks at me. He's not thinking terrible thoughts towards me. He's not. He's not looking at me saying, I can't wait to yank him out of here from being pastor. And a lot of times I have those thoughts over and over. He's thinking, here comes my joy and my delight. I mean, even as I say this to you, I have difficulty with that. But that's what the Word of God says. And are we not supposed to walk by faith? 
And when you don't walk by faith and you think he says that to me, well, I'm such a flub up. You're walking by feelings, by what you think. And God says, what's the matter with you? I loved you and died for you while you were yet a sinner. I still remember sitting on a curb, drinking a quarter beer, saying filthy things about God in the north side of Pittsburgh, a horrible place at the wee hours in the morning. He had already died for me. He had already gone to the cross. Back when I was 20, 19, 20, 21. Man. My presence makes Almighty God happy. I'm His delight to spend time with Him. Jeremiah 29, 11, You know this one? God says here, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Right now, God is thinking thoughts towards you, whoever you are. Rodney, God is thinking thoughts towards you. It's what the Word of God says. I don't care if you're sitting there. Well, I can't. No, that's just this couldn't. Not me. I'm not. That's what the Word of God says. It's not important how he feels or thinks at this moment. We're telling you what the Word of God says. That's why the Q-tips, man, we need them things big to come out because we don't get it. We don't get it. God says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. The thoughts, you know what those are? God says, for I know the thoughts. That word means reflections, meditations. God's up there. Yeah, Mike Ross. Reflections on Mike Ross. Maybe all the way before he placed it. In his mother's womb. Reflections. Meditations on Mike Ross. And if Mike, like me, he's going, oh, please, no, no. No, no, God said they're good. They're good thoughts. We're going, oh, no, no, no. It couldn't be. But it is. The Word of God says it is. God's saying, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, Mike Ross. Saith the Lord. Of, the, of peace and not of evil. Why can't we just believe that by faith? And not by what you feel. Thoughts, reflections, meditations. Because that's what the Word of God says. I don't know, did you ever even realize that Almighty God thinks about you? He thinks about you and upon you. Listen to what the Word says. Psalms 40, verse 5 says, Many, O Lord my God, are Thy wonderful works which Thou hast done, and Thy thoughts which are to us word. God's thoughts, they're many. They cannot be reckoned upon in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Apparently, God thinks about us often. More than they can be. And we have the audacity to think that God's forgotten about you. Because you're in this situation that just doesn't seem to be moving. That says otherwise. More than can be numbered. Now, man can do some numbering. You math freaks, man can go pretty far in numbering and numbers and numbers and numbers and numbers and numbers and numbers and ten times pi, this and that, and numbers and numbers. And God said, there are more than can be numbered. My thoughts towards you. Can you believe that? How can you struggle to believe that? God says to everyone here, he's dealt a measure of what to believe it? Faith. To believe. Believe what I'm telling you. Almighty God is in love with you. Almighty God has 
has coined or phrased a name for you. Here's my delight. Here's my happiness. Here's my joy. God tells us, walk boldly into my presence. Walk boldly into my throne in time of need and trouble. We never take God at His word. It's a shame. God thinks about us often. Often. Reflections. Meditation. And, and the older Ruth that I get, we do that with our children. Just stuff that happens, or other children we see, certainly our little grandson, grandchild. It brings, man, it flashes us back 30 years when ours used to do that. When they didn't, we f- reflect and meditate. We don't go, stupid Jennifer. Dumb Joseph. We don't, we, no, we have reflections and meditations on how sweet it was and raising them, being with them, and funny. And now we're done. That's what God does. More that can be numbered about you. If you're having thoughts that God doesn't care, that's a lie. If you're having thoughts that you're a nobody to God, that's a lie. If you're having thoughts that God doesn't love you, that's a lie. If you're having thoughts that you are forsaken, that's a lie. If you're having thoughts that your life is destroyed, desolation, wilderness, that's a lie. If you're absolutely thinking you're alone, there's no one around you, that's a lie. By faith in the Word of God. This word peace, definition of peace, thoughts of peace towards you. It means well-being and safety, prosperity for your welfare. These are God's thoughts. He's not up there. We always think He's up there with a ball bat. Just get out of line one time. I mean, maybe you don't have those. Lots of times I do. I don't know why I struggle with them. But that's, that's. remember remember the uh, the guys that buried the talents and the one guy did nothing with his money. He just buried it. The other one said, here's 10, here's 20 more, whatever it was. Here's five, here's five more, here's a total of 10. The one said, here's the one. I was afraid because I know you are a hard man. He had the wrong, wrong outlook. Towards his master, towards God. He's not a hard man. He's a loving, compassionate, caring God who loves us, who has a plan and thoughts and reflects and meditates on our lives. It's a wonderful time when we placed him in his mother's womb. We don't ever have thoughts like that. And so when I started out thinking, I'm going, man, what does God really think? Man, I'm unfaithful and I'm unthankful. It doesn't change that. I know that, but that's what I think. God says, now let me tell you what I think. Oh, how I love you. You're my delight. I found you in the wilderness, desolate, forsaken, but I encircled you. I guided you. I cared for you. And now I guard you. Because oh, how I love you. Everyone else left you polluted in thy own blood. Remember it says that in Ezekiel? Polluted in thy own blood. Nobody swaddled you. Nobody cleaned you. Nobody loved you. I covered you with my skirt. And I cleaned you. And I spoke to you and said, live. That's what God's done for you and I. Still doing that today. Still loving you and covering you and breathing, speaking life into you, saying, live. Live. Oh, glory be. I know that this next Scripture, many in the charismatic Pentecostal movement has twisted and stretched this Scripture, but still, let's just look at it for what God is saying. John 3, John 1, 
uh, and 3 John 1 says, Beloved, verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. These are blessings God wants to show. Now man's taken him and says, we all deserve wealth and to be rich. Forget that. If you're saved and you care for God, you're already wealthy. Just look what it says, though. Man's being moved upon by the Spirit of God. And he believes the Spirit of God is telling him to write, Beloved, not, hey, you. Hey, Revenal. No, it's beloved. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. That's what God wishes. Man, mostly, almost. As many times as we can remember at night, we still pray and say, God, thank you for the jobs that our children have. Thank you for the homes, God. Guard it. Keep it, Lord. We know it's from you. That's what we want as parents going to bed. Oh, that our children would be taken care of. This is what God is saying here through the Spirit of God, through this writer. Beloved. Beloved. Not, hey, you. Hey, what's your name? No, it's delight. Happiness. Joy. And he says, beloved, I wish above all things that you will prosper, that you will be in health, even as thy soul prospers. As soon as something bad happens, most of the time we say, why did God do that? We blame things for God, on God all the time. And God is just saying, man, hey, no one cared for you like I did. No one has gone to the extent to express and show my love, to illustrate my love to you than me. God. And lastly, before hopefully you will be stirred to come, at least sing that last song that the band did and maybe another. It's just let God know. Did you ever hear the thought, or did you ever hear the saying, a penny for your thoughts? A penny for your thoughts. Well, if you say that to God, the psalmist wrote, psalmist wrote, but I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me Thou art my help and my deliverer. That's God's thought. And he think, a penny for your thought, God. And I think about you all the time. You're on my heart all the time. I wonder which one or maybe all of us God is thinking about us right now. Maybe meditating and reflecting upon our lives now, how we got to this point right now. And don't go, oh. We're not talking about how you think. We're talking about how God thinks. This is kind of a close to the the message you preached years ago, what was it? Performance or faith. See, when you perform and you're doing well in God, you think you and God are tight. Because we just kind of think that. But if your performance slacks off, then you think you and God aren't tight. Because that's how we judge things by performance. We do. Lenny's hair salon. He has to hire people that jobs and know what to do and all the new styles. And if they can't do it sooner or later, he's going to give them the right foot of fellowship. You're out the door because you're not performing. You can't take 32 hours to do one hair. Performance, performance. Isn't it true? That's the way we are. Same thing with football. You remember when the certain team drafted this quarterback? You're like, yeah, yeah. Eight, seven, five years down the road, they would get rid of the bum because he's not performing. And that's the way we are. And that flows over into God. 
Now when you're praying and you're seeking God and you're in the Word of God, man, God conscience, you're just aware of God. You're like, yeah! A lot of times you just can't stay there. Remember the old, uh, I always use it where they, they would spin the dishes on the stick, you know, and just keep five or six, seven of them going, an unusual amount. So we go, holy cow. It just keeps them all spinning. And we're like, that's great. Well, they just start to crash. He's a bum. It's no good. I can do that. And that's how we relate our, our walk with God. And God's like, no, 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 no. It's by faith. You're my delight. If you can't keep one, you're still God's delight. And the one that's doing ten, God's not going, that's my boy. He's not doing that. That's why we think. And it ruins our walk with God. Because then we become afraid and ashamed to go into the presence of God. God's going, what? Why? During these last 30 days, we saw somebody that hasn't been around for a long time. A long time. And while they're not here for a long time, I'm going, what's wrong? What's the matter with you? And you just want to say, what the heck? And so you can kind of like build up this edginess about it or something. I should know better by now, for Pete's sake. Well, circumstances and situations and stuff worked out that uh, I, I had to go and see them personally. And they had to be where they said they were going to be, just trying to be very vague. And, and when I turned a corner and, and saw them, and almost instantly their head went down and tears started. And all I could do was love them and hold them and not say, where are you going? What's the matter? You big goofy goof. Like, like God would just love them. Just love them. Tears coming down. I'm going, man, you're part of our family. This is the thoughts that God has towards us. And I would have to say, and I don't believe this is a big stretch, we all struggle very badly on what God thinks about us. That God is fed up with us. How dare you come again in the presence, my presence and ask me again. But those are all lies. Those are all lies. What I would like to do is Lorraine would just cut most of the lights down and, that, and the band would come up and sing that last song again because of the, oh, how he loved and get lost. Seriously, I'm asking you to just do it in God and let God burn it in your heart how much he does love you. Because it will carry you through those lonely deserts and floods that come into our life. Your God loves and cares about you. Let's stand, please. So when your brain kicks in right away, like mine did, and you start labeling, man, I'm unfaithful, I'm unthankful, I can't be committed, I failed God again, I was supposed to speak to that person, I have no backbone, I failed my Lord again. This is what thoughts you have towards God and then situations and God brings you through and three years later, two months later, one week later, you're in another one and you start to whine and moan again. And That's not what God thinks about. I can't. I know in our little carnal nature, fallen mind, we can't imagine how he could still love us. But he does. 
And I think it would be good, spiritual therapy, if you would come stand at this altar. Words will be on the screen. Sing that song. And when you get to the part, oh, how he loves me. Believe it. Play that card of faith. Believe it. Believe it. Turn off the mind and all the pictures of failures. Turn it off and just play the card. Oh, how he loves me. Let's sing it.